With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast. I am not Chris or Go AU Far. This is U Street. Chris is out doing exciting things on the West Coast, and therefore we have a slightly smaller crew. First off, we have Andy, go for Guy 05. I am here, hello. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. Happy to be here. Yeah, moment of silence for Chris. Indeed. We're quite happy in general because the Gophers boat raced a very bad team who was down several starters. At least that was my general impression as I discussed on Great Takes Less Filling. But neither Blake or Andy were on Great Takes Less Filling. So, Blake, what did you think about the New Mexico State game? Um, I mean, just brief thoughts. I don't. First of all, I don't think you can draw any real <coughs> conclusions from the game because, I mean, New Mexico State is bad. That's the really only conclusion I was I drew from the game. Um, but, you know, credit for Minnesota. They took care of business. Um, a lot to work on. Lots, lots of room for improvement on both sides of the ball. But, I mean, everyone had eyes on Zach Anikstad, and I thought he did fine, you know, for his first start as a true freshman. Um, I don't know that you could have asked for much more from him. He had his one mistake, and he rebounded from it. He handled it pretty well. So I'm just I'm looking forward to next week, and I'm mean, happy there. Want to know. Andy, what, what, do you, what were your thoughts on the New Mexico State game? You know, I, I definitely agree with a lot of that, uh, and mainly starting with the fact that, you know, you really can't take away anything from that. Uh, New Mexico State, you know, gave everybody a scare by, by sticking with the Gophers through the first quarter, and I'm sure there were plenty of other people besides me sitting in the stands going, oh, God, here we go again. But then, of course, the second quarter, the Gophers actually did what they needed to do and sort of busted out the game and put things away. Um you know, I think that we definitely saw some good things. Uh, I think we can feel confident that Zach Anikstad isn't completely in over his head, like some people may have feared. Um, I think we can feel confident that the rushing game, still with Rodney Smith being the number one, is good. But we both got, uh, you know, we felt good about uh, Muhammad Ibrahim and uh, Bryce Williams behind him. So we've got adequate backups there if need be. Um it's obvious that our receiver game is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was a year ago. Um, you have probably three, if not four, legitimate quality Big Ten receivers in your top four, and uh, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Chris Outman-Bell, and Demetrius Douglas. Um, you know, defensively, there are some questions there that I think we're going to get a lot more answered this week uh, against a tough, uh, you know, group of... Uh, Group of five team in Fresno State. Um, are the Gophers going to be able to get a pass rush without blitzing? We didn't see much of that. Um, are the Gophers going to be able to stick with receivers in coverage and not give them huge cushions? Um, we saw a little bit of that that was sort of questionable. But, um, you know, I think the one thing we also can trust in is that our linebacker play is going to be 
uh, some of the best in the Big Ten this year. Blake Cashman went off, and of course Thomas Barber with uh, with his interception and just all around solid play. And then you've got Kamal Martin on the other side, who's you know just a solid good uh, linebacker as well. So uh, definitely some good few question marks that we'll have to get answered here in the next few weeks against a little bit higher quality opponents. But uh, all in all, uh, they did everything you wanted to do for a week one, so you got to be happy after that. Well, let's talk about the opponent for this week. It'll be Fresno State, the Fighting Tedfords. Blake, you've been doing our preview. What should we expect to see out of Fresno State, and what will the Gophers need to be concerned with? Uh, definitely won't be New Mexico State. Um, very different opponent. Uh, it's it's kind of it's interesting. Two years ago, they were one and eleven actually. Then they hired Jeff Tedford, who we obviously know from his days at Cal. Um, they went ten and four. Two of their two of those four losses were to Alabama and Washington. Um, but they finished first in the division in Mountain West, lost to Boise State in the title game, and then I think won the Hawaii Bowl against Houston. Um, so they're coming off for their their best year in a while. Um, and I don't know, did either of you get a chance to watch the Fresno State-Idaho game? I did not, mostly because I didn't feel like being a masochist. I <laughs> say, so yeah, they're, it, it's similar to the New Mexico State game. Um, it's hard tough to draw any conclusions. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, Idaho, I think this is their first season as an FCS program. They actually voluntarily, uh, they volunteered to be demoted back to FCS from FBS. Um, but they, for their first year, they seem, I mean, they, they're going to they're fit pretty well, I guess, in FCS because they just got blown off the field by Fresno State. I think the final score was 79-13 in the Bulldogs were up fifty-one to six at halftime. Uh, so I watched. I did watch the first half, and they, I mean, Idaho was just overmatched from from the beginning. But uh, Fresno State's a good team. Uh, you know, we talked last week. New Mexico State was replacing their top passer, their top rusher, and their top receiver. Well, Fresno State returns their top passer, uh, Marcus McMarion, their top rusher, which is Jordan Mims, and their top receiver, which is uh, I think his name is Keyshawn Johnson. Um, so a lot of firepower does return on this team, and obviously if you watched the game last week, you saw that in action. Um, they're a team that uh, tends to spread you out. They attack you with a lot of different formations. Um, I just think they, there's just so much more uh, firepower in this offense than we saw at New Mexico State. I think it's really going to pose a big challenge for the Gopher defense, especially that secondary, because I don't feel like they got tested all that well against Mexico State. New Mexico State definitely dropped a ton of passes, so... Um, this, this, I think, will give us a better idea of what the secondary is capable of this year and how, how well they're going to hold up. Um, I think really the biggest vulnerability on Fresno State's offense is going to be their offensive line. I think they're placing two starters, both on the right side of the offensive line. Um, and that's even against Idaho, that side of the line was pretty shaky. Um, so maybe, um, we talked about the Gophers having a problem with pass rush, that they can kind of take advantage there and get, and get something into gear. But... Uh, We'll see. I think that the offense is I mean, they're they're offensive coordinator from last year. They got a second year under him, so they got more familiarity. They definitely look a lot better in this offense than they did last year. So I'd be curious to see how they do. Uh, on do you think that there will be more of a running attack that the Gophers will have to defend? New Mexico State basically decided that running was an optional part of the game of football and did it very rarely. And that may also have been because New Mexico State is really bad. If we think that Fresno State is going to be any better, will the Gophers also have to be, in some sense, more multidimensional on defense? I will say Fresno State last year was better passing than they were at rushing, but I think they want a more balanced attack. Um, they don't have – I mean, their leading rusher, I think Jordan Mims, rushed for like maybe 500, 600 yards last year. So they had a, a couple guys. I think they spread the carries across two different guys. 
and that was kind of the story um, to open the Idaho game. Um, so I mean, they I, I think they are tend to be more of a pass-first offense, but that running game I think is going to be a lot more legitimate of a threat. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot closer game than Idaho. So I mean, or not. Who am I thinking of? New Mexico State. Because New Mexico State, obviously, they got down really early in the second quarter, and then they're like, we're not running the ball anymore. I think in this case, if, if Fresno State's maybe going to be ahead most of the game or it's going to be a close game, they're going to want that balanced attack. So the Gophers will need to focus on more and have to learn more in the film room um, to be able to handle what this offense can do. So I think it'll be a, a more complete test just because this is a team that's going to focus on both facets. Uh, but on defense... Uh, Fresno State's actually, they're one of the best defenses in the country last year. Um, they did, again, their two Power 5 games, Alabama and Washington, they gave up 40 points each. So, I mean, take from that what you will. They, they, they play Not the- a tremendously bad showing to only give up on average 40 points against those two offenses last year. Yeah, I would say that's pretty good. And, I mean, they, the Mountain West isn't a bad, you know, group of five conference either. So, to be ranked that high um, against that kind of competition isn't terrible. I mean, it's probably better than what I like. Couldn't tell you what the Gophers ranked that last season, but I don't think they were anywhere near those that type of performance. But uh, unfortunately for the Gophers, this defense does return um, all seven starters in the defensive backfield, so all their starting linebackers are back, all their starting defensive backs are back. But conversely, the entire defensive line was all seniors last year, um, so that was brand new. Um, and I, you know, I kind of watched them a little bit in the Idaho game, and I mean, there's not much you can really draw from that because there's going to be a size disparity on both sides of the line against an FCS program, and that, that to me was pretty clear in the Idaho game. So for them, I think Minnesota will be their first true test. I know, I know a lot of people had concerns about the offensive line last season for Minnesota, or last game for Minnesota, but uh, I think uh, they have a chance to, to get things going early and open up some holes for Rodney against the defensive line. But, yeah, once, they, once Rodney gets to that second level, their linebackers and their secondary is pretty good. And I think the secondary in particular is – very athletic. They make a lot of plays. I think they had their cornerbacks are really good. One of their cornerbacks actually returned both field goals that they blocked last week last week against Idaho for touchdowns. Well, the same guy did it, and then the the other cornerback was one that blocked them, and he also I think had two picks in the game, including a pick six. So, I mean, granted, their Idaho threw five interceptions in the game. So, <laughs> between two quarterbacks, not exactly the performance we're hopefully going to see against Minnesota, but. Uh, um, I do think that this defense poses a significant challenge. I mean, the I mean, New Mexico State defense obviously is, was not that good. Um, the, their defensive coordinator is gone, um, the guy that turned that turned things around last year. But they did they promoted from within, this linebackers coach, and um, you had, from like a scheme standpoint, they were pretty vanilla against Idaho, pretty much on both sides of the ball. Um, similar to what you kind of saw from the defense um, from Minnesota against Mexico State, so. And against an opponent like Idaho, I mean, what do you, you can't really expect them to show their hand. So it'll be interesting in, interesting to see how they frustrate um, Zach Annex at a quarterback and um, kind of keep the defense or keep the offense on their toes. So uh, it'll be an interesting game. It's going to be a lot, a lot more interesting than the Mexico State one, but uh, we'll see what Saturday holds. The primary interesting thing that happened in the New Mexico State game for me was that Antoine Winfield took a punt return back 70-plus yards and went absolutely ham doing so. So I would just like to throw out to the group, and we'll start with Andy. When you were watching the punt return, what was going through your head? Well, to start, it, uh, you know, 
the first punt return that Winfield was back there from, or, or I guess it was two before the previous one, he, he didn't look comfortable on either one. He let uh, he could have fair caught either one fairly easily and, and let the ball bounce and let the ball fly. So, honestly, I had no expectations for what he was uh, lining up to do. And uh, as, uh, as Street and Blake can attest, uh, we've been having some conversations in our, in our Slack chat room um, that may get formulated into a post here but have not yet of uh, you know how comfortable are you about having your star players on kick and punt returns um you know do you really want rodney smith and antoine winfield being your number one kick return number one punt returner considering how important they are to the game day and of course i was the one going arguing well no i don't want them there i'd much rather save them for the play on the field and uh and not have them returning kicks and things like that Obviously, I was proven wrong on that. Um, you know, it basically was uh, something. I mean, frankly, it was amazing. He, granted, the tackling wasn't the best in the world from New Mexico State, but he did what he needed to do. He breaks several tackles. That stiff arm at the end was a thing of beauty. Um, yes, it was. Yeah, and so you know, the fact that that he did that is. Uh, just impressive and and i hope he does it again i hope i'm not proven right for my initial thought and he ends up spraining an ankle on a punt return here week two or week three and misses five games in the start of the big 10 season but uh if if he can uh if he can have more returns like that then uh i might be i might be swayed over on on my side of the decision blake are you similarly as excited to watch antoine winfield continue to return punts see i'm in i'm I'm in the crowd that thinks that you want your best playmakers in the spots where they can make plays. I mean, it, we saw last year he wasn't returning punts and he got hurt at, on defense. I mean, you're, no matter what position he's playing, there's always going to be a risk of injury. So I think if, if he's your best option, you put him out there. You can't you play, can't play scared. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I mean, if that was his first, I mean, that, that was the first, I think, part return for a touchdown since maybe like, was it 2013, 2015? And it was Marcus Jones, but, uh, I mean, the more that we can get plays um, on special teams, whether it's kickoff returns or punt returns, the better off we're going to be. So I'm, I'm excited about it looking, uh, moving forward. Yeah, my personal view is that anytime a actual player uses the truck stick and a stiff arm in a way that you could have done an NFL blitz, I'm pretty excited. In addition, of course, obviously football was the primary thing of the weekend. The volleyball team, if I recall correctly, Andy did not play this weekend. Is that correct? Uh, no, actually, the volleyball team did have uh, their their Diet Coke Classic at home this weekend. Um, Proving just how much yeah. I watch volleyball, how did the Diet Coke Classic? Uh, it was it was pretty much a rout. The Gophers played North Dakota State Friday night, Georgia Southern on Saturday morning, and Arkansas Saturday night, and uh, swept nine straight games, won all three matches, 3-0, 3-0, 3-0, the closest one being against Arkansas, which was like 25-19. It was, it was basically uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor against one of the best teams in the country. Not just one of the best teams in the country, correct? Well, that'd be true. Uh, the new uh, volleyball coaches poll came out this afternoon, Monday afternoon, and the Gophers now are the number one team in the country once again. Um, they had their first number one ranking, I think, two years ago, and and were flirting back and forth with it, but are now once again ranked number one. Uh, they were number three going into last weekend, and they got a bit of a gift as uh, Stanford, who was the previous number one, lost at number nine, BYU, and Texas, who was the previous number two, lost at number eight, Wisconsin. So um, 
the coaches basically rewarded those teams. So the Gophers are now one. Wisconsin is now two, and BYU is now three. Um, and it sets up an interesting matchup as the Gophers now get to fly west this weekend upcoming uh, to Palo Alto for the uh, Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge. The Gophers get to play uh, number 18 Oregon Friday night and then at number four now Stanford on Sunday afternoon. So we'll really get our first really good look um, at the Gophers against high national quality talent Um Basically, it'll be a preview to what they're going to see almost every week in the Big Ten when you've got Wisconsin, Penn State, Nebraska, who are all ranked in the top ten right now in the country. So it uh, should be a good test, and hopefully things will go well for the Gophers this weekend. Well, don't be like me then and be wholly unaware that the volleyball team is or is not going to play. Definitely go take a look if you're able to. The volleyball team has been fantastic for years and deserves to get more fans. So finally, if you are not going to watch the volleyball game, it may be the case that you will probably watch the football game this Saturday. So let's first go around and think what our predictions are for this week. Blake? I'm going to play the role of the pessimist. Um, I just think Fresno State has a ton of talent and a ton of experience, and Minnesota has a lot of talent but not really a lot of experience. And I just think looking at what Fresno State's done last year and what they bring back this year, I just I have trouble – feeling confident in Minnesota, and I think that Fresno State eventually will teach them a hard lesson and they'll pull it up 31-24. So Gophers will be 1-1 one one after this weekend. That is a high-scoring game. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, you know, um, in my original preseason prediction, I had this as a game the Gophers are going to lose. Um, I haven't, you know, I've, I've heard Blake talk about Fresno State. I haven't looked into it enough to, to really sway my mind, so I think I need to stick with my original prediction and think that it's going to be a close game, but the Gophers are going to probably drop this one. Um, you know, if I had to pick a score in my head again, you know, I, I, I have the right to change this later in the week for our actual scores prediction post. I'm going to say Fresno State 35, Minnesota 27. Are, is Minnesota getting a bunch of field goals, or are they missing an extra <laughs> point somewhere? No, they'll add, they'll add, it'll be three touchdowns, two field goals. Gotcha. Well, I am generally the most pessimistic of every single member of the blog. So if I had to bet, I would bet the under in this game. And I also probably would agree with my colleagues that they'll be one and one. I think it's going to be a lot closer of a score game. So I think sort of 24 to 17. Though, I will say the following. If the Gophers are able to look like they looked in the second quarter on offense, which was the RPO game was working very effectively, Zach Anikstead was quite accurate, making short and intermediate throws, which opened up a large amount of holes for Rodney Smith to run riot, I think the Gophers actually do pull this out. This game broadly will be a very good barometer for the season. If the Gophers win this game, particularly if they win this game in convincing fashion, which obviously none of us expect, at the moment, I think that a bowl game looks dramatically more reasonable, even though the Big Ten West is likely to be somewhat difficult this year, especially including Nebraska, who is claiming they're 1-0, at least commentators are, even though they didn't play a game this week, that if 
this ends up happening, you get that kind of convincing win, you should be pretty excited. If the Gophers lose in convincing fashion, you should still definitely visit the Daily Gopher and listen to our podcast, but I suspect you won't have a whole lot of excitement for the rest of the year. Andy, do you got anything else for us? Well, I'll just take it one more time, and, and since we, uh, you know, even though Chris isn't here, we got to keep up with our bits, so I do have one question for our, our special ending question time here. Um, real quick, have either one of you guys seen any of Braylon Edwards' tweets that got him in trouble this weekend? I did see those, and did you see he was, they announced that he's been suspended by the Big Ten Network, I'm not sure for how long, but... Yes, he, he, he is apparently indefinitely suspended for a violation of their social media policy, if, if you have not seen them... Um, Braylon Edwards, apparently, during the uh, Michigan loss to Notre Dame on Saturday night, was uh, tweeting, whether he was drunk tweeting or sober tweeting, who knows. But, you know, as a former Michigan star, it's never a good idea to uh, tweet while angry. Uh, several of never the, tweet. Never tweet. Several of his tweets. Um, Ruiz is weak. The line is weak. Shea is scared. Fucking Michigan offense is so predictable. Michigan football is sadly one thing. Trash. Come on, Michigan, really? Running backs, running routes, and QBs will be good? I'm done. LOL, everyone had your back. I got to laugh because I knew this would happen. Don't feel bad. Watch the truth. So, yes, as, as Blake said, uh, the Big Ten Network has now suspended Edwards for uh, in, indefinitely for violating their social media policy. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was asked about it during his press conference and basically said, well, I don't think anything he said is true, da-da-da-da-da. And then, of course, Braylon Edwards then came back um, earlier today after being criticized on it and said, uh, so funny that everyone's worried my tweets as opposed to the real issue. 0-17 on the road against ranked opponents, 1-6 against rivals, and the one win was against a 3-9 and Michigan State team. Last thing I'll ask, and really think about this before you get mad, is Michigan better than Iowa? Question mark. So, the question I have to the group is, if you had to pick one notable Minnesota Golden Gopher alumni to go ham on Twitter and piss off everybody in the Gopher football administration, who would you pick? I, well, obviously, isn't it Tyrone Carter if we're just going by historical precedent? Well, that would be the obvious answer, yes. A less obvious answer, I guess, uh, would be uh, one of the Olsen brothers, because you often don't see people on the offensive line. I will also merely add, before throwing it to Blake, that a good Twitter follow is Space Coyote BDS. The internet is weird. But if you search that on Twitter, you will find a plethora of excellent tweets breaking down various football concepts. It's a great follow. Also, as a Michigan fan, and if you read his tweets, you may also think that Braylon Edwards' tweets are probably not super accurate about the Michigan offense, even though it is very amusing to watch Michigan crash and burn. Blake? I would have to go with Ron Johnson. In general, I think his tweets are very entertaining, and I think if anyone's going to go off on the Gophers' performance, it's going to be Ron. I mean, the obvious answer is Tyrone Carter, but for entertainment's sake, I'm going to go with Ron Johnson. Both of you guys have stole my logical answers. I will go just randomly and throw a name out there and say, oh... Tim Tim Brewster? Tim Brewster, yeah. Uh, Let's say... Pete Najarian. Because Pete Najarian, I think, has a bit of... Uh, well, a fun streak to him, and I think he, he's he's normally a much gentler 
Twitter critic, but you never know. All it takes is one switch to flip, and he could be pretty entertaining as well. So, Are either of you on Twitter? Yes. What is your handle? It's just my name. I would be at YorkA1982, and uh, I smartly do not tweet generally during home games, so um, I won't make the same mistake, although I can't make any promises for road games. Blake is also currently handling the Daily Gophers social media presence in general at the Daily Gopher on Twitter. So please give him a follow as well as give Andy a follow on their personal accounts and also make sure to follow us on Twitter. We can't promise that we will be anywhere nearly as entertaining as Braylon Edwards, but we will probably be less intoxicated when we do so. And on that note, thank you once again for listening to the Sky U podcast. Go Gophers, row the boat, Sky U Ma.